Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org friendshipwithgod.org or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Turn, if you would, Genesis 31, 26. 31, 26, let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word this morning. It's more than our necessary food. We live by it. Lord, open your word to us, we pray. Teach us this morning, Lord, in Write your word on our hearts that we might, Lord, be obedient to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Let's see, Genesis 31, verse 26. Laban said to Jacob, What hast thou done that thou hast stolen away, stolen away unawares to me, and carried away my daughters as captives taken with the sword? Wherefore didst thou flee away secretly and steal away from me, and didst not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth, songs, tabre, and with heart? And hast now suffered me to kiss my sons and my daughters. Thou hast now done foolishly in so doing. It is in the power of my hand to do you hurt. But the God of your father spake unto me yesterday night, saying, Take thou heed that thou speak not to Jacob, either good or bad. And now, though thou wouldst needs be gone, because thou sore longest after thy father's house, yet wherefore hast thou stolen my gods? Jacob answered and said to Laban, Because I was afraid, for I said, Peradventure thou which take by force thy daughters from me. With whosoever thou findest thy gods, let him not live. Before our brethren discern thou what is thine with me, and take it thee. For Jacob knew not that Rachel had stolen them. And Laban went into Jacob's tent, and into Leah's tent, and into the two maidservants' tents. But he found them not. Then he went out into Leah's tents, entered into Rachel's tent. Now Rachel had taken the images, put them in the camel's furniture, sat upon them. Laban searched all the tent, or felt all the tent, but found them not. She said to her father, Let it not displease my Lord that I cannot rise up before thee, for the custom of women is upon me. But he searched, or felt, but found not the images. Jacob was wroth, chode with Laban. Laban answer, uh, Jacob answered and said to Laban, What is my trespass? What is my sin that thou hast so hotly pursued after me? Where, whereas thou hast searched all my stuff, what hast thou found of all thy household stuff? Set it here before thy brethren and my brethren and thy brethren, that they may judge betwixt us both. This twenty years have I been with thee. Thy ewes and thy she-goats have not cast their young. The rams of thy flock have I not eaten. That which was torn of the beasts I brought not unto thee. I bear the loss of it. Of my hand didst thou require it. Whether stolen by day or stolen by night. Thus I was. In the day the drought consumed me, and the frost by night, and my sleep departed from mine eyes. Thus have I been twenty years in thy house. I have served thee fourteen years for thy two daughters, and six years for thy cattle, and thou hast changed my wages ten times. Except the God of my father, the God of Abraham, the fear of Isaac, had been with me. Surely thou hast sent me away. Now, empty. God has seen my affliction and the labor of my hands, and rebuked thee yesternight. And Laban answered and said unto Jacob, These daughters are my daughters. These children are my children. These cattle are my cattle. All that thou seest is mine. 
And what can I do this day unto these my daughters or unto their children which they have borne? Now therefore, come thou, let's make a covenant. I and thou, let it be for a witness between me and thee. And Jacob took a stone, set it up for a pillar. Jacob said unto his brethren, gather stones. They took stones, made a heap. They did eat thereupon the heap. Laban called it Jager Sarhudatha, but Jacob called it, well, I don't know how you say that, but anyway. Jacob called Galead, called it Galead. Galead, Galead. Anyway, Jacob said, this heap is a witness between me and thee this day. Therefore was the name of it called Galead. Mitzpah, for he said, the Lord watch between me and thee when thou art absent from one another. If thou shalt afflict my daughters, or if thou shalt take any, uh, take otherwise beside my daughters, no man is with us. See, God is witness betwixt me and thee. Laban said to Jacob, behold this heap, behold this pillar, which I have cast between, betwixt me and thee. This heap be witness, this pillar be witness, that I will not pass over this heap to thee, and thou shalt not pass over this heap and this pillar unto me for harm. The God of Abraham, the God of Nahor, the God of their father, judge betwixt us. Jacob swore by the fear of his father Isaac. Then Jacob offered sacrifice upon the mount and called his brethren to eat bread, and they did eat bread and tarried all night in the mount. Early in the morning, Laban rose up, kissed his sons and daughters, blessed them. Laban departed and returned unto his place. So what we've seen so far in this chapter 31 is God's spotlight has been shifting from one person to another. It's a very informative passage here and and where we've been learning so much about each person. So the section we're in right now is telling us a lot about Laban. We learn so much about Laban when, when we see here what he says to Jacob. He just reveals himself when he overtakes Jacob. And in verse 26, where it says, Laban says to Jacob, what hast thou done? What hast thou stolen away uh, uh, unawares to me? So he starts off, Laban starts off his accusations with this challenge, what have you done? What hast thou done? And when he, he, he's asking this question, the way he's putting it to Jacob, it's clear Laban, he doesn't see he's done anything wrong. He has nothing to be blamed for. He's done nothing wrong. And we already saw that Jacob gives his answer, which is really an answer of, I'm just preserving myself. This is all about just self-preservation here. Uh, I was in danger. And so he replies this way, but then Laban goes on further, and he makes another accusation. He says, thou hast stolen away unawares to me. Now, it's interesting because in the Hebrew, the word that Laban used here, translated as stolen away, ganab, it really means deceive. So literally, Laban is saying to Jacob, you deceived me. Amazing. (laughs) Amazing that Laban is accusing Jacob of deception. I mean, look who's talking. The king of deception here. The one who swapped the, the Leah for Rachel. All right. Then... Laban comes across with the next accusation. He says, you carried away my daughters as captives with the sword. Now here, Laban is accusing Jacob of taking Rachel and Leah against their will. And when Jacob heard that accusation, that he had taken his wives, Laban's daughters, against their will, Jacob sat back and he thought, oh, how happy I am. How happy I am that I had that meeting in verses 4 through 13. Oh, how happy I am that I got that agreement. How happy I am that I initiated that meeting in verse 4, where it says, And Jacob sent and called Rachel and Leah into the field unto his flock. That was the beginning of the meeting. And that was the time when Jacob 
pleaded his case. He valued getting the approval of his wife. And then it all ended in verse 16, and how happy he was that he heard these words in verse 16 from his wife, where it says, whatsoever God has said unto thee, do. And Jacob thought, great, when he heard that. I've got their approval. I'm not sure he could have left without their approval, but forget that part. Anyway, he was, Jacob was glad that he obeyed the command that Peter gave in 1 Peter 3, 7. Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. See, when Jacob was accused of bullheadedly, you know, going ahead without the agreement of his wives and taking them, Jacob was glad that he didn't do that. He didn't do that. Jacob, Laban didn't know that. No, dad-in-law, if you only knew. I did honor my wives. I pleaded my case to my wives. I got their agreement before I moved ahead. See, on this day, when Jacob was accused of leaving against his wife's will, Jacob thought, I've lived to see the day when I'm glad that I got my wife's agreement before I went ahead. Men, verse 26 of Laban accusing Jacob of going ahead without the consent of his wives is put there for a reason. And the reason is, if a husband makes a major decision with agreement of his wife, he will live to rejoice that he did. And if a husband makes a major decision without the agreement of his wife, he will live to regret it. And Jacob lived to rejoice that he had made this major decision with the agreement of his wives, as he said to himself when he heard Laban's words, carried away my daughters as captives with the sword? I don't think so. How about your daughters who said, whatsoever God had said unto thee, do? So Jacob here, we can see he avoids this big problem when he got his wives to say in verse 16, whatsoever God had said unto thee, do. We can't see into the future, but to do what is right today can save us a lot of problems down the road in the future. All right. Now, there's something else we can see about Laban from what he said in verse 27, because he said, wherefore dost thou flee away secretly and steal away steal away from me and dost not tell me that I might have sent thee away with mirth and with songs and tabre and heart. Now notice here how Laban and what he said about this, how Laban was really talking about how Laban might have benefited Laban. See, he said, I might have sent them away with mirth. See, Laban, all Laban ever ta- thought about was Laban. I mean, Laban, all Laban ever thought about was how Laban could benefit Laban. Laban never thought about how Laban could benefit someone else. He's a selfish man. Laban is a selfish man. This type of selfishness, this type of thinking only about yourself, this is characteristic of the last days. And Paul warned Timothy about this in in 2 Timothy 3, in that chapter, 2 Timothy 3, 1 and 2, for example, he starts off and he says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And then Paul goes on to describe what are the perilous times. First and foremost, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Now, what Paul was giving here is a principle that that a, a principle of men being lovers of their own selves. And next he answers the question: what's it gonna look like? What's it going to look like? when a man is a lover of his own self. Yeah? And then he gives, he says, okay, now here's what it's going to look like when men are lovers of their own selves. And then he goes through this list. 
He says, and that's the full context in 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 6. He says, this know also, perilous time, in the last days, perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. Here's what it's going to look like. Covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despised of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure, more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, and he from such turn away. For of this sort are they, now he gets into the sexual aspect, which creep into houses, lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. See, he's saying, here's what it looks like. It's because men are lovers of their own selves that they are all this big list of coverters, boasters, proud, unthankful, unholy, etc. It's because men are lovers of their own selves that they are lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. The root cause is, we see this in Laban, a lover of self. So Paul He warns Timothy about this, and then he says in another place, I'm surrounded by these in the church. When he says in Philippians 2.21, Philippians 2.21, for all seek their own, not the things which are Jesus Christ's. Now, we see all this, and 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 it's disturbing we see this, and the question comes to us, this looks bad. The last days, we're living in the last days. Men will be lovers of their own selves. Paul says in the church, he's surrounded with this, how are we going to be kept from this? How are we going to be, be, not be a lover of self, of ourselves? Well, Paul gives it to us, 2 Corinthians 5.15. 2 Corinthians 5.15, where he said, that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. First, he's saying, Deeply consider one truth, how the Lord Jesus Christ did, did not just die for us, but he died for, the, for all. He died for the sins of all men. And from that truth, let the conclusion spring out that there's value in others, that he died for them. See, this is called in James a royal law in James 2.8. In James 2.8, James says, For if you fulfill the royal law, according to the scripture, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself, you do well. See, so what he's saying here, what James is saying here, is that there is, in the Bible, what's called the royal law of loving others and themselves. Why is it called the royal law? Why would you, why would James, why would this be called the royal law? Because the royal law means the law of the king, royal king. He's the law of the king. Now, where do we see our Lord Jesus Christ with the title of king? That's it, on the cross. When he was on the cross, they put over his head, king, king of the Jews. What was he doing? What was he doing when the sign identified him as the king of the Jews? Dying for the sins of all men. He was dying for the sins. The king was caring for others, dying for their sins. We just in the previous service, we read this, we sung this. Uh, The maker died for his creature's sins. Now, Paul then goes on, Galatians 6, 6, 1 and 2. He says, brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, let's that also be be tempted, 
Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Restoring a brother who has fallen is loving a brother. That's loving a brother. And that's the royal law. That's the, called the law of Christ. And then Paul goes on, Romans 15, Romans 15, 1 through 3. Romans 15, 1 through 3. We then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproach thee fell on me. See, bearing the infirmities of the weak means to be on the lookout for those who have needs and then put ourselves into the position of fulfilling those needs. Now, then we see something else about Laban when he said in verse 29, it's in the power of my hand to do you hurt. See, when Laban says, it's in the power of my hand to do you hurt, that showed Laban's a proud man. He loves himself. He's a proud man. He's impressed with the power that's in his hand. But Laban says he was stopped. He was stopped by who he called the God of your father. Now that's revealing when Laban calls him the God of your father. It's revealing about about how Laban calls God, what he calls him. First, Laban did not call God your God. He didn't say Jacob's God. He didn't. Even though God was protecting Jacob, and Laban saw that, Laban did not call God the God of Jacob. He didn't say your God, but he said the God of your father. Now, what does that show? Well, it shows that Jacob doesn't seem to have had much of a testimony with Laban. I mean, Jacob, at least from Laban's perspective, was not seen as a God-fearing man by Laban, which is a sad comment on Jacob's life at this time. But Not to worry, it'll all change in the next chapter. So when we see Laban call God the God of your father, that just wasn't great for Jacob to hear, which raises the questions about us. What do others around us say that God is to us? Would they say God is your God? What is there in our lives that would identify to them that God is our God? See, there was not enough in Jacob's life for Laban to say God was Jacob's God. But it's also significant that Laban does not call God my God. Laban did not say, my God spoke to me in a dream last night. Then that was because, obviously, God was not Laban's God. Laban did not say, God spoke to me in a dream last night because, and he didn't even say, the God of heaven, the God of earth spoke to me in a dream last night. See, when Laban said, the God of your father spake unto me yesterday night, that showed Laban had no personal relationship with God. Even though God spoke to him, Laban had no personal relationship with God. Laban was not willing also to acknowledge that God was the only true God. He wasn't willing to that. Laban was, not, was saying that God was just a God. Now, that's kind of amazing. Now, in verse... In verses 33 through 35, in verses 33, 34, 35, so you look at those verses, 33, 34, 35, there are three words, the same three words that appear in each verse, verse 33, verse 34, verse 35, and it's put there for a purpose, but first we got to find out 
What are the three words? There's just three words that appear. That's it. That's it. But found them not. But found not. Those are the three words that the Holy Spirit has put there over and over and over again so that we are carried along with Laban in this search from one tent to after another tent and another tent and the same conclusion, but found not, but found not, but found not. Now let's just stop here. We think about this. And just think about what has Laban said? First, Laban says to Jacob, the God of your father found me, right? The God of your father found me and spoke to me. And I didn't want him to find me. I didn't want him to speak to me, but he found me and he spoke to me. And then second time, the second, every time it says, but found not, but found not, but found not, Laban would have to be honest and say, you know, my gods are lost or stolen, and they, and, and they can't help me find them. <laughs> this is funny. I want to find them. I can't find them. I didn't want Isaac's God to find me. He found me. And he spoke to me. I wish my gods would speak. I want my gods. I want to find my gods. And I want my gods. They can't find me. My gods cannot help me find them. I mean, Laban's gods, you know, you ask the question, why didn't Laban's God say, hey, I'm over here, you know? <laughs> Come a little farther. You're getting closer. You know, you know, why didn't Laban's God speak to him? I mean, Isaac's God spoke to him. Why didn't Laban's God? Because what David said in Psalm 115.5, Psalm 115.5, same thing is repeated in Psalm 135.16, Psalm 135.16, same words. They have mouths, but they speak not. Eyes have they, but they see not. See, in Psalm 135, verse 17, Psalm 135.17, he says, they have ears, but they hear not. Neither is there any breath in their mouths. This really shows us spiritual blindness. This shows us what spiritual blindness looks like. It's amazing that Laban didn't sit down and just logically think this thing through. Wait a second. Isaac's God found me, and he spoke to me. Hmm. My gods can't speak, and I can't even find them. Why wasn't Laban converted? Why wasn't Laban converted with this stark demonstration within 24 hours that he had been found by God, he had been spoken to by God, his gods were lost, they can't speak? It gets to a bigger, broader question. Why aren't people today converted? Yeah, that's it. Is it because of a lack of information? No. Is it, a, is it an if-only case? If only he could read this book. If only he could hear this sermon. If only he could come to this meeting, he'd be saved. God himself spoke to Laban, and Laban was not converted. The only ifs were answered in a conversation between the rich man in hell and Abraham, where the rich man in hell was saying that his brothers would be converted if only if someone came back to him from the dead. And the conversation is recorded for us in Luke 16, 30, where the rich man said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. He was sure. It was just that was needed. A 
another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional verse. Now, Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org, or you can write Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711-330, P.O. Box 711-330, Santee, California. That's S-A-N-T-E-E, Santee, California, 92071. Or you can email Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Tom Cantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor, founder of Israel Restoration Ministries and our Bible teacher on the Friendship with God radio program, has created the Friendship with God Study and Reference Bible. It's a King James Study and Reference Bible with over 2,200 total pages, 13.5 point large font, and has over 600 pages of Bible helps and resources. It has Hebrew root notations in the Old Testament and over 30,000 Bible column and inline scripture references. It also includes daily bread reading notations, a tour of the Bible scripture journey, 12 custom-made full-color maps, and a full-color nine-page History of Israel timeline map. Not to mention incredible concordance and the most popular Bible scripture references section, Bible reference help section, and hundreds and hundreds of other personalized pages from Tom Cantor to grow your friendship with God. It's printed on Finland thin paper printing technology and covered in a black lambskin leather cover with gold lettering. To order your Friendship with God study and reference Bible, go to our homepage on friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org.